Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode number 24, we're going to talk about how Wayne lost his marbles. <laughs> oh, yes, my, my past comes back to haunt me. My eye goes to marbles when I'm at yard sales and garage sales and estate sales, that kind of thing. Those are my favorite places to buy them. I don't like to buy them at antique shows, although you, you always see them there. Yes. Uh, I like to buy from uh, people who don't know what they have, <laughs> you know. And uh, so if I'll go into a, to a yard sale and see a box of marbles, what, what happens is people sort through the drawers and boxes and paraphernalia to get ready for a sale. All the marbles will go into the same box, maybe with some other stuff, because they don't know what it's worth. It's a marble, for heaven's sake. They just throw it in the box. So I'll go and I'll just, you know, run my hand through it and, and see what I see. And if I find something, uh, several somethings, if there's, you know, half a dozen or so in there that look like they might be worthwhile, I'll make an offer on the whole box. Right. And then I'll sort through them. The, the good ones, uh, I'll keep. The bad ones, I'll sell online. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell them as box lots because, yeah. uh, you know, I want to I want to keep the good ones, and there are people who use those, you know, inexpensive marbles for things other than collecting marbles. They'll make artworks out of them, or you know, there's all kinds of things you can do with old marbles. Uh, so, and I price them cheaply, and usually put them up by auction, so nobody pays more than they think they're willing to pay. It's an interesting uh, approach, and that's why I don't buy bulk marbles on eBay, and I don't advise anyone else to buy bulk marbles that's serious about uh, collecting them, because most of the bulk marble sellers do the same thing that I do. They pick out the good ones and lot the the rest of them and, and sell the rest of them. So it's very rare that you get something good. Now, I will admit that in in the box lots, there are often some beautiful marbles. But they're not valuable. They're not. They're collectible only for their beauty, and, yeah. and so on. There's also people that buy marbles to put in their fish tanks, and and so sometimes those marbles that yeah you've picked out your favorites, but you have some that aren't aren't valuable or anything. You can still list those at a low price, and they will not necessarily go to a marble collector. They'll go to someone who wants to have them as part of a display. Or sometimes I've seen where they put them in jars with flowers and have the marbles at the bottom of flowers versus those little glass balls or glass pebbles. So there are other things that people do with marbles than just play with them. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the, the fish tank angle, and that reminds me that I saw something on Facebook last week. Uh, there's a lot of focus on on bees and uh, providing a place for bees to sure. live and be healthy for pollination or whatever. And folks would fill their birdbath 
with marbles and then fill it with water so that the bees could land on the marble marbles and have access to water and wouldn't just go in the water and drown. Great tip. I don't have a bird bath and I don't have a fish tank, so <laughs> I, I, I can't use either of those. I had a client contact me from Arizona and she asked me to sell her marbles and they were interesting enough that they were, she was naming names of famous artists, marble artists, marble designers that I never heard of at the time. And I just told her, yep, go ahead and send them and I'll figure it out when I get them. And she was at that point in her life where she had collected them for their beauty and she liked, um, enjoyed them. And now she wanted to move on. She didn't want to, she didn't want to look at them anymore. So she shipped them all to me. And I have to tell you, I can understand how someone could collect these because they're so fascinating and they're bigger than your average um, shooter or boulder type marble. So they're a bit bigger, but they're absolutely beautiful. And she, she spent the time and she wrote on a post-it note of every one what what the name of the marble was, but she only put a question mark for the signature. So she would just put question mark signed vortex, question mark signed tornado. Right. And the vortex is, I think, one of the most beautiful ones because it's like a rainbow that goes into the center of a deep vortex. And it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And then there was a hand-painted marble that actually was made of clay. So you have your clay marbles, you have your glass marbles. And this was a clay marble that was hand-painted. And this marble designer only paints pictures of pigs. I didn't know where to start. So I just started with, because it was only his initials on there. Right. And so, and pictures of pigs. So I had to start with Google search, pigs, marbles, pig marble, um, signed pig marble. <laughs> and so I've actually found him. And really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because yes. the, the, the name of the artist is going to seriously impact the value of, of the marble, I mean, not just for the sake of the art. Once I've got the name of the artist, I was able to put that in WorthPoint and find almost the same marble. And he actually, um, there have not been any selling. So they're like so rare that you can't find them. Right. And there's only a few that he made in, in the early 2000s. So it was it was really a fun project. So I listed mine up. I put mine up for $300. Uh, just out of curiosity, it, when I list something on eBay and the value is unclear, I'll usually do it as an auction. What, what made you decide to put a fixed price on it? Well, I I actually, that's that's how I usually think. But I've learned over the years that categories are different. So as we had talked about Barbies, um, I, I did that with a couple of my Barbies that weren't selling and actually sold them 
lower than expected. So because of that experience, um, I'm a little leery of testing the waters with higher end kind of items that are unpredictable. So like with my marbles, I'm going to test the waters with pricing them high. So the name on the pig artist was Greg Pessman, P-E-S-S-M-A-N. Mm-hmm. And you could do a search. He, he um, you know, created these marbles. And so I learned a little bit about him and he only painted pigs and he was a pig, pig farmer. Mm-hmm. And in his off season, I just couldn't understand that there would be an off season in pig farming. I'm a city boy. I I can't speak to that. I couldn't um, understand that. But um, anyways, what I read up on him, um, it said that he painted marbles and made marbles in his off season. And then he always painted um, pictures of pigs playing marbles. And the one that I have, he actually has pigs playing marbles on a school, on the school ground. So I just checked, and it right now has three watchers. But the one that I have for the most watchers is by an artist called David Salazar, and it's a cobalt blue marble. And this artist would paint stars on his marbles and the moon and the stars, and they'd either be cobalt blue or they'd be dark black. And I have that one listed at 200, and I've got seven watchers on that one. But what I soon learned is it's difficult when you do a search for marbles with stars mm-hmm. because there's an artist that signs his marbles only with two stars. So he engraves stars <laughs> as his signature. And that to me was the most difficult of all to research because every time David Salazar's marbles would come up because his marbles all had stars, but he signed his with his initials and his name versus this artist who just signs two stars. Now that's a challenge. Walk me through the process of how you ended up finding who that artist was. Because if I go to Google and type in artist two stars, there's no telling what's going to come up. No, no, it was, I, it was very frustrating experience. So I finally found a man that has a website, and his name is um, Robert Block. Mm -hmm. And Robert Block has a website that is fantastic, and he also wrote a book. But I, to back up, I landed on his website, and he has a little ad on there saying, if you have any questions about marbles, feel free to email me. Or he even offered to text him. Mm -hmm. So I thought could this be true? So I emailed Mr. Block and said, you know, is it possible I have this marble with stars on it? I can't find any information. Within 20 minutes, he wrote me back. Hmm. That's unheard of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was so impressed with this reaction that I got. And he wrote me back right away. And he said, um, two stars was signed by Rob Livezy, L-I-V-E-Z-E-Y. And he said that he only made marbles from about 1999 to 2001. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't sure, but he thought that he passed away. And he thinks that it was called Stardust Studios or something like that near Chicago. 
Wow, that's a lot of information. Yes, in just a friendly little email. Was that impressive? Robert Block is his name? Yes. He sounds like a good resource, and he sounds like he, if he got back to you that quick on something so obscure, he must really know his stuff. Absolutely. His website is called marblecollecting.com. Oh, that's easy to remember. Yes. And he actually consigns, and he has a, a lot of information, and he was on Storage Wars. Okay, this is a good spot to take a break, and uh, we'll pause now for a word from our sponsor. Dealers, you don't have to build your own reference library. WorthPoint has done it for you. With WorthPoint's digital library, you can access over 1,000 books on antiques and collectibles in one convenient place. Find the info you need quickly. Search books by title or author or subject. Dig deep using a keyword search. Don't waste time digging through pages of Google results. Get there quicker with WorthPoint. For a seven-day, seven-lookup-free trial, go to worthpoint.com. And we're back. Uh, yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford. We're discussing the ins and outs of finding and flipping vintage and designer marbles. Yeah, so anyhow, this was has been a great adventure for me, sorting through these marbles, and I'm not done yet. And I've been learning a lot about this collection because many years ago, before my father passed away, he inherited a trunk that belonged to my great-grandfather, and there were marbles in it, and besides some other other items. But there was a good baggie, not a baggie, but um, a crown royal bag <laughs> full of marbles. You know how the joke goes, they say the kids that come to school with the crown royal bags of marbles as proof that they have their parents are alcoholics. Yeah, I mean, I had I used to carry mine in a Bull Durham tobacco pouch. <laughs> but Bull Durham had the paper labels on the, on their pouches. My mother made me take the, the the label off because nice boys don't carry tobacco pouches. That's right. That was a good mother, and the Crown Royal, the good moms would turn them inside out. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. So marble bags are, are, I mean, there's several accessories we could go into, but the other thing that I learned was there is some marbles that are called sulfide. Mm -hmm. And I had not heard of that term before. Have you? Yes. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with that. And of course, it was a, a clear, I thought it was a clear glass, but it, I found out it was sulfide. And then there was a turtle inside. And it was um, an artist called Sam Hogue, H-O-G-U-E. And I listed that one for $200, and it also has four watchers. So it's been uh, so fascinating. And then there's another artist called Steve Davis. And most of the marbles that I have are by Steve Davis. And he signs very interestingly with um, a scribble of his initials, and then he'll put 03 or whatever year he made these marbles below his signature. And his are not as um, valuable, but I did notice that he has more out there. So S Steve Davis can be fined more frequently than some of the other people that I mentioned. 
But what work? What I would love to just go some and watch the making of marbles. I think that'd be fascinating. Yeah, when I when I wrote my article for Worth Point some months ago, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, and it's just fascinating stuff. Go to YouTube and and just do a search okay. for handmade marbles, and it's just fascinating to watch these guys work and they stick their their glass blowing rod down into the molten glass and spin it and cool it and shape it and do all the things that they do and they can get the swirls and and the lines on the inside and it's just beautiful to to watch them and of course that's one of the the marks on notable identifiers on handmade marbles is there's a little tiny imperfection on the marble called a pontal mark, P-O-N-T-I-L. And the pontal mark is the point at which the marble met the glass blower's rod. And when they're done with whatever they're doing, they have to break the rod off the marble, and that leaves a mark on it. Whereas machine-made marbles are not going to have that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, as I was saying, when I when I got my, um, when I was going through my great grandfather's marbles, I was not familiar with the marble industry at all whatsoever, but I knew these were my great grandfathers. So for goodness sakes, they had to be, (laughs) they had to be worth something, but they were, some of them were, were rough. Like Mm -hmm. they were textured almost. And exactly. yeah, Yeah. And I never knew that. Yeah. That would be if they were textured like that, um, I think those would be Bennington's. Yeah, so that's a, that's correct. That was a term that I learned about, and I actually had to go out and buy a book. So I mm-hmm. I went to Barnes and Noble, bought a book about the Everett Chris machine made and contemporary glass marbles. Right. I bought that book. Right. And interesting enough. That Well, that book helped me to sit down and I could hold each marble up to the pictures and identify and get the the ball rolling, <laughs> literally, get the ball rolling for selling these marbles. And, and my father and I split the money. So it was a lot of fun um, doing this. Fast forward, I was searching on Worth Point's library for marbles and there was that book. Hmm. So WorthPoint has that book in their library, and when you go to WorthPoint.com and go to the library and just type in marble, mm-hmm. you'll see there's like five or six books just on marbles in the library, and you can zoom in and look at those photos and identify your marbles very quickly. Yeah, photos help. Uh, there's uh, another a good source of information and identification there for a reference guide. There's a collector's organization called the Marble Collectors Society of America. And uh, if you go to their website, they have a lot of information on um, identifying marbles and, and pictures are really the best way to do it. There's another company that I found really helpful uh, called the Moon M-O-O-N, Moon Marble Company. I saw that. What I got the most use of on their website is a sizing chart. Yeah. Because um, uh, collectors are fanatical about 
the size of marbles. They want to know what the size is. And if you're going to resell collectible marbles, you're going to have to know what the size sizes are. And that website will help you figure all that out. That's that's a very good tip. I found it very challenging um, because these were designer, bigger than normal marbles. They're almost like the kind of marbles you would just put on a stand. And Moon, the Moon, that Moon website you were talking about, they actually sell stands to display your marbles. I thought was nice. I did visit that website, and I had a difficult time measuring my marbles. I had a very difficult time. So to be, I'll just be honest here. I gave up, and what I did was I I stretched out my measuring tape and I took a picture of the marble with the measuring tape. And then um, I also have, um, I'm, I do some sewing. So I have a seamstress board and I took a picture of the marble on my seamstress board with the centimeters and the, and then let them figure it out. Yeah. So I, I kind of took the easy way out, but it works. The true collectors are going to be able to look at that and know exactly what size they collect or what they right. need, but right. it is a good idea to have measurements in there. It is. Wayne, I got to tell you, when I go to um, the treasure hunts with Will and the team, every single treasure hunt I've been to at antique markets, there is a display or um, dedicated booth with marbles and that's all they sell. And they, when I go in there, I wouldn't have a clue how to go about sorting them or, I mean, what do you do? When I go to a yard sale or an estate sale or something like that and see marbles, I, I have a process that I use. Uh, I'll look through the, the box or the pile or the drawer or wherever they are at the, at the sale just to see if there's anything that catches my eye. And if there is, and I think it might be worth it, I'll see if I can arrive at a price for the entire box, and, and I'll, I'll buy the box. Uh, then when I get them home, I'll spread out a towel on the bed or, or on the table. The bed works better for me because they don't roll off the floor. Uh, I'll ro pour them all out onto the towel, and I'll just start sorting through them. And for the first sort, the first thing I do is pull out all the clear glass. And when I say clear, it can be colored or have designs inside, but you need to be able to see through the marble. If you yeah. can see through the marble, it's clear glass. Then I'll make another pile for opaque marbles. And, of course, those are the ones that you can't see through. They might have designs. They might have been painted. Uh, and those are generally stone or porcelain or clay uh, or something like that. From time to time, you might find something that's made of steel, but those are not marbles. They're ball bearings. Uh, and so you can just, you yeah. know, if unless you have a use for the ball bearings, you can throw it away. Now, once I've once I've got the, the first sort done, then I'll sort by size. Uh, as I mentioned, some collectors are fanatical about marble sizes. So I'll sort them according to the size. And if I don't have a sizing chart or a sizing tool, then I'll just eyeball it. You know, ones that look like they're the same size, I'll put in the same area. Then I look for the handmade 
glass marbles. And as I mentioned, those are usually going to have a pontal mark somewhere on them. Those are hard to find. You may never find some, but if you have one, then that's, that's a real find because there's a big payoff associated with those marbles. Uh, so if, if a marble has slight imperfections, then don't, don't discard it because it has imperfections. Sometimes imperfections are a clue that it's a handmade marble. Mm-hmm, right. The next thing I do is I, I take a second look at the opaque marbles. And I'll look, first of all, for the unglazed clay marbles. Those are the ones that look like somebody made a spitball out of mud. <laughs> they're, a, you know, they're clay. They're, they're unglazed. They're dull brown or, or tan color. They're the color of dirt. And sometimes those are painted. Uh, but if they're old enough to be uh, clay, unpainted clay marbles or painted clay marbles, the paint is going to be chipped from having been used. Uh, It will show signs of wear. Those haven't been made since the 1800s, so you might not find any of those either. Mostly what you find are mass-produced glass marbles, but they're not going to be worth a whole lot. The next thing I look for is I sort for glazed clay marbles. We mentioned Bennington's uh, earlier. Uh, Bennington's those marbles are salt-glazed stoneware, like kitchen plates and cups and that sort of thing. Uh, generally, they're single colors, but from time to time, you'll find something that's been painted uh, and then fired. And those are called fancy Benningtons or Bennies. Lastly, I'll look for stone marbles. And stone marbles are just hand-ground. They, they, you know, they ground, grind the stone apart, and uh, the most popular of those is ground from agate, and they're called aggies. Aggies are popular because they're denser than other marbles. They're heavier, and they make great shooters. You can really knock another guy's marbles or girl, as the, as the case may be. Uh, you, uh, aggies are great for that. Uh, and then lastly, anything that doesn't fit into one of those categories, if I'm not sure what it is, I'll set it aside, and those are the ones I'll I'll start looking in in a reference guide, uh, and and that's how I sort through. That's how I sort through a bunch of marbles. That's good. That's really good tips. I know it's challenging, um, but fun. It it's fun to find marbles like that, and I I can't wait to get a pile now and throw them on my bed and. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to put down the towel, though, because those things can get dirty. <laughs> next thing you know, you'll if you forget the towel, next thing you know, you'll be doing the laundry. <laughs> oh, and, and, and along those lines, it's okay to clean these marbles. Mm-hmm. You know, once you, you either before you sort them or after you sort them and just, you know, throw them in the sink with some soapy water and, and just clean yes. them and rinse them off. But I've known some people who want to try to polish them up and make them look real cool. Don't do that. You just mess them up. Yes. So you just clean them. And that's all you need to do. If you had a serious collector, they're, they're going to want to have them uh, polished by someone who knows sure. how to do it. So don't, don't go doing that. Sure. And then the other challenge is getting good photos. And I, I actually, I don't have a marble stand. 
So what I did was I have a, a stone, actually it's made of marble, um, with a, a little stand on it that is for a fountain pen. <laughs> and, and so I stood that up and my, and I have one of those small white boxes, a light box. Right. And I stood up the, I stood, I set that up in my light box and then put the marble on there and then took photos. And of course, I've got LED lights in there. There's glare. There's going to be glare. And there's no way around it. They're just, I could not come up with a strategy to get a good photo without having some type of a glare, whether it's from my phone or or the light or the natural light, I was still getting glare. So I put that in my in my condition box on eBay to please, you know, excuse the glare. And so I did um, make light of it. <laughs> <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum>. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, don't get stressed. That's the bottom line here. If right. you're taking photos, you want to get that listed on on eBay or other sites. You want to um, don't stress yourself out over the glare on, on the photo. The main thing is that you get a good close up of and then turn it all four sides, the top, the bottom and the signature and um, have eBay allows 12 photos, so don't be shy. How are you going to get 12 photos of a marble? <laughs> well, I, I, most of mine, I think I had 11 because mm-hmm. I had all sides, top, bottom, but I also had the, the measuring tape in there. Right. And I like the vortex, for example, I was so fascinated with no matter which way I turned it, more rainbows would appear. And it just was so fascinating I just wanted to get most of the angles that I could. And on the tornado, because the tornado, like you said, it had clear, it was clear glass, but it was a pink and white tornado inside. Hmm. And then it also had swirls around the inside of the marble. So each angle that I turned it, you could see a different type of look. Well, it's beautiful. Then that answered my question. Yes. Okay. Well, we're uh, so t- to wrap up here. Uh, you want to have a don't stress out. Have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, do your research. Do a good sort. Take good photos and have fun. Have fun losing your marbles. Okay, Dana. Well, it appears as though our time has come and gone. So uh, we'll wrap up. Episode 24 on Vintage and Designer Marbles. And who knows what next week will bring. Stay tuned for more information. Dana, have a good flipping weekend. You too, Wayne. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It. Brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Point.